Thanks for tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. We are on episode 55. I am your host, Josh Roop. With me, my co-captain, as always, Scott Larson. And we are live tonight. Well, now that you're hearing, it's pre-recorded, but... It was recorded live. It was recorded live. Yes, recorded live from Scott's basement. I'm here with Scott. We're hanging out, and we've got some great stuff for you tonight. What do you say, Scott? I think so, too. Uh, We actually have... uh, We did unbox my... um, what is it? My Led Zeppelin, uh, my Led Zeppelin premium. It's out in the garage. Uh, still has have not gone down the stairs of death uh, because you need more than two people to, to navigate those suckers. Uh, but we did open that. So we'll uh, talk about our review um, of that and uh, game room updates. But first, let's talk about uh, people that we want to promote on the podcast. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about uh, flipping out pinball. Uh, Zach and Nicole, if you are interested in any of your pinball needs, and they also just started selling raw thrills too. So if you want to pick up that big buck hunter and throw that in the basement and to uh, hunt all those furry creatures out there, uh, go ahead and give them a, a holler. Uh, they've uh, been posting videos on that, and that looks really fun. I'd like to pick up one for myself. Uh, check out This Week in Pinball. Jeff Patterson ha- does a great job about uh, weeding through all the information that's going through the media and he just uh, summarized it into some quick steps. Go ahead and check those out. Uh, also pinball supernova. If you want to check them out, it's a great resource. Uh, I was navigating their site today and they have uh, videos. They also have infos, uh, mods, toppers, uh, and a little review. So it gives you a, um, some sort of resource on working on your pinball machines and uh, discussing things that you can do. Uh, also, uh, Pinball Loft, my buddy Tim Purcell's uh, personal blog on his history of pinball. He uh, he did some pretty awesome things with his uh, GNR LE, uh, where he added some more speakers. And I'm pretty sure the game actually ho- uh, hovers when he plays it because there's so much sound coming out of it now. Also, uh, Ray Day Pinball. Check out uh, world number one, Raymond Davidson. He's a great streamer, and he will teach you all the things you need to do to up your game to be an elite player. Uh, you can at least try to be as good as Raymond is. Uh, if you want to see that pinball machine better, go ahead and check out Pin Shades. Uh, pin Shades are polarized shades that will actually help you uh, play better because you'll be able to see farther because uh, it reduces the glare coming off of the machines. Uh, also, check out our uh, buddies, uh, Ron and David Dennis, uh, up at the Silverball Chronicles. Uh, if you want to know more about the history of pinball, they have a great little resource we had david on the show the other day and we've uh we've been on ron ron and bruce's show so uh check that out also if you want if you have that um if you have that trance light that's collecting dust down in your basement go ahead and buy a lit frame for it go ahead and uh, throw that sucker up on the wall and if you don't have the machine and you just want to uh display that they have uh, brad hunter has different sizes for different machines and i just picked up a awesome an awesome trance light. Um, I just ordered an Iron Maiden Pro sign trance light, so I'm going to be throwing that up in my game room. And so that's the rundown of the people we are pushing this week. Josh, welcome to come out to uh, Highland, Utah. How was the drive? It wasn't too shabby, so long as it's dry and and sunny. It's always a good drive. Okay. Um, ironically, we are actually recording in my basement, but we tried to record in the same room and we kept getting uh, feedback on the microphone. So if you guys uh, record in the same room and don't have that problem, reach out to us and let us know uh, how we can do that in the future. So Josh is actually in the pinball room and I'm in the office. So 
yeah, it was funny because we tried and tried, and then we're like, this just isn't working. So yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting late. We're, we're doing things. I'm going skiing tomorrow. I need to. And Josh has yeah. his class tomorrow morning, so we we have yep. to get it. We have to get in bed. We're old, so exactly. We're not the young, the young types. Not the young whippersnappers. No, we are. We are solidly in the in the dad rock crowd, man. Heck yes, you know it. Hey, and and it's a nice place to be at this point. It absolutely. Uh, well, okay. So uh, first off, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, we talked about uh, possible game room updates, orders. You want to talk about Led Zeppelin? You want to talk about CGC? What do you want to start with? Well, since Zeppelin's fresh on our minds, since we just kind of finished playing that, I, let's let's talk about that because. Um, I don't feel like this game has got much of a rap here. I mean, uh, we've, you mean we've a heard rap about, or review or what buzz? Maybe, do you mean maybe, buzz? Yeah, let's let's say buzz because we've heard about Zeppelin. Um, we know that Teolus loves it, and that was a given. But I just don't feel like there is enough information about this game out there. And granted, I mean Stern has definitely streamed it, and so has Ray Day, and they've done awesome jobs. But I just haven't heard people talking about this game like Avengers or Turtles or, you know, there's a handful of games that I feel like have kind of stepped in its place. And so it was nice to get my hands on, you got the premium yeah, and it was nice to get my hands on it and give it a try because I'm a firm believer. I I don't make a solid opinion about a a pinball machine until I get my hands on it. And our friend Jeff Rivera from the pinball podcast, I've kind of taken what he has said to heart that you don't judge a game until you put a high score on it. Okay, well, that, that was our second game, so... Or the Grand Champions, and, and I okay, did... Okay, that my, was your second game, yeah. Yeah, that was my second game. I, I, I'm glad they started really low, so you could put Grand <laughs> Champion in. I know. And here's the thing. This game, I'm really enjoying it. The sound is fantastic on it. I felt like it's an upgrade from previous sound packages. Um but I think the thing that I just I was so confused with what everything that was going on, and me and you were trying to dissect this while we're playing, and the the electric magnet kept coming out of the middle of the playfield. I'm like, how the heck are we doing this? And so once we kind of slowed down, because the the rule the rules card you read it, and it's like if you want to learn more about these rules, you can go online to I guess the web address. And I'm like, but that doesn't help me right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But okay. How many times have you gone up to the machine and actually looked at the card, the the little card on the left-hand side of the apron? How many times have you actually read that? I usually read it after I get a feel for the shots, just because I want to know where I'm shooting and I don't want to be putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. So I get a feel for the shots, then I usually read the card to get an idea of what the heck is even supposed to be going on. I so I have uh, like eleven games in my house, uh, one in my garage now, so twelve. Um, do you know how many of those cards I've actually read? None, like two maybe, and I immediately forget what they say. Uh, I I don't. That's just not how I learn games. Um, I I wish I were better, and this is my big uh, failing as a as a pinball player. I can typically keep the ball playing. Uh, long, you know, I, I I can have a long ball, and then I look up and realize I didn't score many points. Uh, it 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 kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, you know the special win lit uh, documentary when uh, Josh Sharp is talking about his dad. He's like his his you know Roger. He's like he'll keep nailing that one shot over and over again, even though it's worth no points. He's like dad, why are you hitting that? He's like because it feels good. I, I, that's a good sh- great shot. I kind of feel that way that I. 
I need to learn more about the games. Uh, the the game that I sold, which I'm I'm fine with selling it. I still miss it a little bit. Was Iron Man, but it was because I played it enough that I really knew the rules, and that wasn't really a super deep rule set. Yeah. So I I think that you have to with the modern complex rule sets. I think you have to go online to to learn the rules. And it and, and also we we put it up and we you know we shared it out and Raymond actually texted back. He's like, make sure you update. So we we played 0.93. We didn't play yes. 0.95. And so that's the current that's the current one. So we haven't done that yet because there are other things that have been released in 0.95. Well, and I know that we've talked about this. We've talked about this with other people recently. I think that there's two different types of pinball players in the world. There are the ones that solely are for the gameplay, for the score, very competition driven. And then the other person is for the experience, the immersion into the pinball machine, that that world under glass that we hear about. And they can intersect and cross, but I feel like that's the two distinct players and Stern is very well grasped on uh, the competition, the the flow, the shots, the the score. Where JJP is the immersion of the game. The, the I mean, GNR is a fantastic example of this. It's just you're inside the Guns N' Roses concert when you're playing it. Okay, but is is that really fair uh, to compare things to Guns N' Roses? Because a member of the band was part of the design team. And I, I don't think you're going to get Robert Plant coming down and saying, hey, uh, Steve, le- let's hang out and design a pinball machine. Like it, It's it's kind of a different... It, I, I'm, I'm not downplaying what Guns N' Roses was able to do because asset-wise, I doubt you will get any other game that has the wealth of assets that Guns N' Roses has involved but I also think that is such an outlier into what you can expect from a machine. Okay, let's take this then. Let's take let's take 2012-2013 area. We're going to go ACDC versus Wizard of Oz. I know they're two entirely different ones. Dad Rock, the other one's classic cinema. But there is definitely an experience with Wizard of Oz versus... It's not the best flowing game. It's not the best shooting game. But you definitely have an experience there versus ACDC, which is, yes, you get the music and stuff like that, but you're definitely focusing on the gameplay and the shots and the flow because it's a Richie game. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and now, now Wizard of Oz is certainly a groundbreaking game. I mean, that, that tilted the landscape of pinball. I mean, really... There, there almost seems there should be an inflection point. There's, there's really two inflection points yeah. um, in pinball in the last 25 years. There's one inflection point is when uh, Williams Ballet said, we're making more, more money on slot machines, so we're just going to shut down the pinball. Yeah. So that was one inflection point. And then it was kind of a slow drain on pinball. But then when Stern, uh, when, uh, sorry, when JJP put out Wizard of Oz, it was an inflection point where people said, no, we, we can still do this better. And it propelled people forward. Uh, so I think, yeah, I, I guess you could still put ACDC because ACDC was really the first Stern, we're back. It, it, that was their back in black. It was they, hey, we are we're going to do things better than wheel of fortune. 
and big buck hunter. So to bring it back to Zeppelin, I, I think that Zeppelin is starting to move across that line of not only is it competition and smooth shots and great flow, but you're starting to get that immersion like you do with a JJP. I don't know if it's the light bars that are on both sides, like the hot rails that you find in a JJP. Um, the sound quality, I don't know if it's just because we had it on standard sound and it was cranking and it sounded good. The music was good. I actually really enjoyed the sound effects when you're hitting stuff. Um, I, I, I felt like I was being more immersed with Zeppelin even versus Avengers. I feel like you're in the Zeppelin world. Avengers you are, but some of the call-outs kind of take you out of it. And we're not going to get into that at the moment. But I think my greatest takeaway from Zeppelin from playing, what do we play, five games on it? Yeah, piece. about that, yeah. And it, it, it was getting late, and we didn't want to record tonight. So it, Correct. It, it was that was the reason, Raymond, why we didn't up, update. But we will update, okay? Uh, th- then we'll be able to tell you what's going on. I think my greatest takeaway from it is once you get in a groove and you start hitting the shots, this game flows really, really well. I think if you learn the rules and you start learning those, it's even more enjoyable because I was starting to get the grasp of everything that was working and it was just really fun playing that game. And I felt like it promotes you to play better and rewards you for doing so. My only negativity, and you know, you know exactly what I'm going to say, because we made fun of this all night while we're playing this game. Every every game. Good day, Governor. Yeah, what's up with the British dude? Is he I, even British? I I don't know if he's British. It really sounds like a Simpsons character that is trying to be British, but may or may not be British. Um, it, it's, it, it's a little distracting. I, I guess I'll put it that way. <laughs> I kept laughing every time it happened. I'm like, why didn't they just call it Mark Silk? He he is our what would you what would you call him? Our token British guy. Okay, I would say an excellent voice actor who also happens to be British. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll, we'll say that because apparent mine could be taken offensive. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I I know what you're saying. And, and Mark's actually a good friend. We yeah. we you know we we talk at least once a month, and he he is hilarious. By the way. Uh, and when you talk to Mark um, on the phone, you realize how funny you are not <laughs> because he is born to entertain. But yeah, like he would have been, I think, a better choice. Um, now, we everything we're saying is with the caveat that we are dealing in a world where we can pick and choose what we want to do. I yes, know. there yeah. may be licensing constraints. Uh, we know we know that on Avengers, uh, Marvel used their voice actors for yep. you know so so that that was really out of Stern's hands. So this may be one of those situations, but I'm really hoping that does upgrade a little bit uh, because it is it does take you out of that experience. It just it seemed almost stereotypical what he was saying. And that, that's just the vibe I was getting. And and granted he may be British. I don't know the voice actor. Maybe we should dig into this a little yeah, more. Exactly. <laughs> maybe he's a wonderful he's guy. From London you jump. Yeah, yeah. But I just felt like it was over exaggerated, almost like we were talking with. Uh, no, well, no. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to say this and you're going to know it. It felt like Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins. Yes, it's exactly what it was. Yes. Yeah. You, you've you hit the nail on the head. It was very. Yes. Good day, Governor. Yeah. 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 OK. But, OK. Now, that being said, now. We have talked about this before, though. One of the reasons why music pins are such great at immersion or that experience is because 
music is actually a it, it's it's a visceral reaction. We feel it. And yeah. with the updated sound, they can put things in it that they couldn't put in before, like the the bells and whistles that they used to do, you know, in uh, in pinball, you know, the stereotypical pinball sounds. It's the ding, 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 vzz, you know, those type of sounds. But now you basically have your own stereo system, so you can play whatever you want. Now, this is why, and we talked about it before, this is why TNA is such an immersive game because of the sound. Yep. And if if TNA had the the bells and whistles, the the stereotypical sounds from 1982, it would not be the same game. Yeah. True. And so, and that's the same thing with uh, we talk about Guns and Roses being that immersive experience. So it it wouldn't be the same thing without the Guns and Roses music. Now. I would say Led Zeppelin is certainly on par with Guns N' Roses music for songs you want to jam with to play. Yeah, so, I agree. So, th- so they had that going for it. So, okay. So why don't we step back and say, okay, so let's talk about what do you, okay. We only have the premium that we've seen in person. We've seen all the other art packages. Now that you've seen it, what do you think? Premium. I really like the premium. I am a fan of the LE. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't have. I knew Zeppelin from hearing him on the radio. I do not have the deeper connection with Zeppelin like other people do. I do recognize Icarus as an actual symbol of Zeppelin, mm-hmm. and the reason being is by the time I started growing up, when I started walking through the Macy's and the J.C. Penney's and the mall and stuff like that, and they're selling the ACDC and they're selling it's the hot. To- it's hot topic. Yeah, it's, it's hot, hot topic. It's the hot topic shirts. Yeah, you want to live one shirt. Yeah, Icarus was always on those shirts. Yeah. And so when people were complaining that Icarus isn't Zeppelin, I was I was kind of taken back just because eh, it is. Yeah, I, I feel like it is very recognizable with their brand at this point in time. Yeah. So I still enjoy. I like blue. I really like blue. I feel like the blue pops with the yellow and the orange mm-hmm. on on the Ellie. But as far as the premium goes, love the artwork on there. Yeah, I um, people will say it feels a little bit um, okay. Phoned in, I guess is the it's it seems an easy way of doing things because the pro and the premium they're just using the the straight album art, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's a little different than what they did with Iron Maiden. I mean, they Iron Maiden could have easily put like power slave i mean that's basically what the premium iron maiden is it's the power slave album or the theme but they still did original artwork for it and uh, it, and they could have done different things but they just threw the album cover on and i'm fine with it like i i i remember like actually having that album like back when you had the albums and you could see the artwork and it it makes that connection so Anybody who is certainly of my age group in the dad rock era, they're going to see that and say, oh, yeah, that's Led Zeppelin. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if you did like a stylized cartoon version of it, that it would be Led Zeppelin. Like, I, 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 I don't think it would be the it's Iron Maiden is a little different. And I know I'm, I'm using them interchangeably and I know they're they're slightly different eras. But uh, the art of Iron Maiden was very iconic. And anybody who followed Iron Maiden knew who Eddie was. They knew what you're getting, but uh, they were able to, you know, I, I think that uh, zombie Eddie did such an amazing job of 
modernizing it while keeping true to form. Led Zeppelin doesn't have that same thing. They just had the uh, the albums. And anybody who has that album is going to recognize that. I agree. So let's 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 break it down to this though. We had Brad Albright on our show. Hi, Brad. Hey, Brad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and I and I have that. He sent me a print. His his print is awesome. That that yes. that cartoon print. Yeah. Would you take that over your premium artwork that you have? Ooh. Um, or is it? Or is the problem that it's two entirely different styles, it, so you can't really compare? It's two different art packages. I the the one because uh, you can't take. Um, uh, you can't take Brad's and put it on the premium machine because the play field is different, right? Yeah. The, the play field is, it is a, it, it is a package. It, it, it looks very similar to what maybe a concert program would be back in the seventies. Um, the one that they, uh, um, the Rhoda Dave made down in uh, New Zealand, which Brad did the, um, the art for it's very much a kind of like a cartoony thing. And I'm not, I'm not being dismissive of that, Yeah, but it's very stylized in that era, a, a line drawn. It's it's, it looks great. Um, but it kind of looks like um, a, a, when I use the word caricature, that usually means kind of like a, uh, you're accentuating things to make it look, you know, humorous, but that's not what he did. He did a great uh, like cartoony version of Led Zeppelin. And I think that package worked really well together. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I like both packages, um, but I think that I would, I prefer the, the package I have uh, on the premium because it, it feels like that classic uh, concert, program that you would buy yeah so this is this is my pushback on the artwork okay i enjoy the i actually enjoy the cabinets it's the play field i really don't like um it, it is good looking artwork and i think this is the problem we've been spoiled when it comes to music pins oh sure sure i mean like you said dirty donnie did aerosmith we also have franchi who did beatles we've got zombie yeti with Iron Maiden. And so I think the problem is, too, is we've come to expect a certain level of artisticness, I don't know, to, to these dad rock games. And I, I, I feel like it still missed the mark to a point. It's still a good looking game. I think if you're a Zeppelin fan, even if you're not a Zeppelin fan, I think you're going to enjoy this game. Really, really, if you haven't played a Zeppelin, get out. Go put your hands on one. They've been out for three months now and play it. I've, I, it's a very richy game. You know what you're getting. You're getting flow. Um, I feel like Scott has to adjust a couple things on his game. Uh, but, you know, Richie's been talking about that stuff. So um, it's just one of those things. Get out, play it. I think you need a formulated opinion of it. I think it's a good game. Is it for me, my collection? I've already bought three games in the last six months, I swear. So I'm I'm probably tapped out, and Zeppelin's not coming into my collection. But I'm glad Scott, Scott got it, because it's a really good game. Yeah, I you know, I I would put the art package as 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 good. Um, yes. And, and I'm not, and that's not to be dismissive of it. I, I actually thought the Star Wars art package was good, too. Like, the, the, like the one that people say look like sticker art and I totally get it. It looks like stock art, which is 
kind of what Lucasfilm, um, I, they're the ones who controlled that, right? Yep. And so this feels like it is certainly within the realm of what Led Zeppelin uh, would put out. Um, do I think it is that next level um, of the other ones you talked about? No, I don't. Um, but I think it's certainly theme appropriate. I agree. Uh, and and we, yeah, we can leave it at that. So. Yeah. Okay, so so what what about other things though? I mean, you kind of you kind of fast forwarded through all the other stuff. What are your thoughts about like the uh, the shots? How do you like the shots? I like the shots. It's hard to tell because with your garage, you had like lighting directly above us, or not directly above us. So I had a hard time seeing the upper right hand of the playfield, um, and it's crucial to hit that right ramp because to start like tour multi ball, you've got to hit the right ramp and then the left scoop. And and then you pick an objective to go for, and granted, like Scott said, we're we're talking about point nine three. It's obviously there's been a code upgrade since, and we've only played five games on it. Correct. So, um, but I thought it, once you got going, it felt really good. When you got dialed in, you you could blow it up. I mean, uh, Josh and I were uh, kind of neck and neck on the last game, and then on his third ball, he doubled my score. Well, what I thought was interesting too is. So the tour multi-ball, um, when you go to start that, it gives you like five different objectives you can pick from. One's the spinner, one's ramps, one's orbits, pops. You, And so we were gravitating towards ramps, but the first couple times we picked it, it did six ramps, and we were kind of killing it on the ramps because you can backhand. It's it's almost Star Trek-ish where that the left side's very easily backhanded from the left flipper and so we were just backhanding that ramp just over and over and over and getting those six ramps just knocked out right we weren't even i i when i think backhanding it i think of like hitting it like trapping up and then like shooting it so it doesn't cross the midline and we were hitting that in flow like it was it was coming back and we were just slamming it and so yeah it was a it was a very repeatable shot um, the interesting part, though, is as we progressed in more games, I noticed that the requirement for ramps went up across games. Yeah. I noticed, I, I noticed it went from six ramps to nine ramps, and I was like, "Wait a minute, why? Why did it do that?" And so maybe it was trying to help. It, it realized we were making really good ramp shots, and so it was like, "Well, maybe we need to make this requirement a little it, bit harder." It's it's an adaptive rule set now. Maybe I don't know <laughs> how, how it's how else do you explain it? I think it was the second time you were trying to do it. Maybe. Yeah, because I, I, I think you already had uh, Tor multi-ball. So. That's a good possibility. I don't know. Like I said, it's a really good flowing game. Yeah, I, I think so too. If It's a Richie game, right? So you yep. are going to get shots and you are going to feel pin godlike if you get in that zone. I, right? There was one game where I was really just hitting everything. Wasn't really scoring a lot of points, but I was hitting a lot of shots and you felt like you were really uh, dialed in. Um. Do you know what it felt like? Hmm. This is my initial impression. And it's probably, okay. All machines have similar themes, right? Like, you know, you, you could, you know, someone always, every time a new play field comes out, they always pull up like some generic play field. Like, look, it's just big buck hunter reversed and we're going to put it over it. You know, right. Cause how many different ways are you going to make two shots from flippers down to the bottom? Right. Um, it felt like a different version of Iron Man. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, the The difference being is that the Iron Monger was uh, it was a spinner that came up from the playfield. 
And it was definitely you weren't punished for hitting the shot perfectly. No, no, no. If you hit the ball perfectly, it, it went straight through. Um, and it it felt now again. This is only five games into it. It felt a little spinner heavy. Like yes. that, that once that spinner came up, that was kind of the only thing you were going for. And so I'm sure when we know more about the rules and the nuances, then it will be, it will be different, but it felt kind of like a newer version of Iron Man, like a kind of a, a Borg Richie love child thing where it was, a, it was like a mashup and it, and I don't say that dismissively. It, it's taking good elements in, in my in my game room, I had Spider-Man and Iron Man side by side, and it almost felt like they fused together. Yeah, I could see that. The one thing I did really like about the game, too, is when you hit that, that if you were going Turtles standard, that center ramp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that hit that ramp. When you're hitting that side ramp from that flipper, when you actually hit that shot. That game goes is like congratulates you for hitting it. Yeah, It was kind of cool. Cause I could barely, I hit it a handful of times. I don't know if, like I said, it was on, on which one Zeppelin on Zeppelin. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I was, I was liking it to turtles, but yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the, but the difference with Zeppelin though, is that it doesn't come. Um, it's a little bit like what Keith did with, uh, with Avengers where the ball doesn't come screaming around an orbit and you're trying to hit that as it's accelerating toward you. Yeah, it's because if you hit that right orbit, it actually goes to a mini scoop. Yeah. And so it stops and then comes down. So it seems like something that could be a little easier to hit. Yeah, I agree. When you get it dialed in. So, yeah. So that's that's my thoughts. You want anything else you want to hit on Zeppelin? Uh, Okay, so things that I thought were incrementally better. Um, I like that the premium already had the art blades in. Yes, um, I like that they integrated a, a light show, which is which is going to be very similar to what um, Guns and Roses did with their you know light show in the game. Yeah. Um, you know, it just it is taking it to a new level. Um, I I I know it will be a fun game, and I'm I'm glad we have it, and it'll be it'll be fun to upgrade it and then learn the rules and see what a deeper dive will be. But so far, I'd say initial initial vibe, I'd say is positive. I agree. So I wasn't I wasn't excited, but I wasn't discouraged going into the this gameplay. I was I was surprisingly happy with it. And mates because I had zero expectations of it. I, you know, like I said, I'm not a huge I don't worship the ground that Zeppelin walks on. So not like Aquabats. Yeah, you know it. So yeah. hey. I, I've I've decided now I, I I would like an Aquabats game, but I'm really digging. I think that Scott Pilgrim versus the World would make a fantastic pinball machine because I think you could play really well into the you could do the seven, fighting thing, yeah. Well, Seven Evil X's I, we've seen the fighting thing with Avengers and Deadpool, but I know that's it's a totally random ta- random tangent. But seriously, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Okay, I I still haven't seen it. You should read the books first, and then well, movie's good. Okay. But, all right. Okay. But the problem is, is they try to jam six books into one movie. Okay. So. All right. Sounds good. All right. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll pull it up. Okay. Uh, next. So I I would say thumbs up. I'd say certainly give it a shot. I'm not sure how the last ability, um, because that is something in a game room. Yep. Um, and so let's move on to uh, game room updates and talk about that. So, um, Josh, what what do you have coming in? What do you have going out? 
I honestly don't have any plans right now. I offered someone a trade for my Jurassic Park Pro. Uh, not really bites at the moment. I've been talking to someone about a shadow. I really would love a shadow. I know that when we were on Slam Tilt, I talked about that's like one of the games I've won in my collection. Um, I just, I'm having a really rough time with prices right now. I think everyone else is feeling it. Use yeah. markets through the roof, you know, mm-hmm. new machine. It, it's crazy to me because it's like, well, do I spend the money on a shadow or do I wait to see what Stern comes out with? Because a pro yeah, isn't too terribly. Yeah, you're kind of the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, which, a shadow's four grand, but still, I mean, a pro, brand new out of the box, I drop another thousand or two. Well, it's it's gonna be two thousand. Not just if you if you can get me a Stern Pro for five thousand dollars, hook me up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, absolutely. You know, if, but even like a Stern Pro for six thousand dollars, you have to legitimately look at and say, okay, is a twenty five year old game that has very basic code because they all had basic code. Like, you you know, do you want to do that? And, you know, and remember when Munsters came out, people didn't like that they had that retro code on it, which I actually, I think Munsters is a fun game. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a tournament player, so. Well, and I'm, I'm still having a hard time wrapping my mind around Creature from the Black Lagoon being a $6,000 game. This is a game when I got into the hobby yeah. was in the yeah. mid twos yeah. to, to low threes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, th- I think, uh, well, there's certainly the nostalgic component to yeah. that. And so, well, uh, I guess we, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later when we're going to talk about CGC. Um, so game room updates for me. Um, I actually decided to bite the bullet on two games coming out. Um, Ooh, which ones are you getting? So I decided to get a Deadpool premium. So nice. I, I've talked to a lot of people and ironically, when Deadpool came out, um, it, it actually didn't have the buzz. Like it came out and they're like, yeah, okay. It's kind of clunky. Like people don't like it, but it steadily marched up into where, um, into where it's people's it's one of people's favorite games. Like my friend, Tony, I texted him and he's, he has like 30 games in a pinball uh, barn that he has on his, uh, on his property. And he said, he's going to be buried with, with uh, Deadpool. Like that's how much he loves it. Yeah. And so after he said that, I'm like, you know, I need to give this game more, more time. And because I, I am a sucker for drop targets. So I decided to get the premium. So I ordered that. I also heard that they were um, they were gonna put a few more Iron Maidens on the line, so I put my name on a list for getting Iron Maiden, and uh, yeah, so Iron Maiden uh, went for the premium. Uh, I uh, that's the the era that's iconic for me in Iron Maiden is that uh, that um, that live after death slash uh, power slave era. Nice. So I'm looking forward to that. And yeah. And so I think I'm going to have to start moving things. I think that uh, Spider-Man's going to have to move on. And uh, I don't know. I, I've enjoyed Turtles. I think it's great. But I think I, you know, if, if I'm turning over my, my new games faster, I, I think I'll, I may have to have Turtles move on too. I'm a firm believer. If you're going to buy a Turtles, anyone that's listening right now, if you're going to buy a Turtles, get the pro. I think you'll be happier with the pro. If you've been looking at a turtles and you're enjoying it, 
I, I think that's the problem that you've had with turtles because I know that you haven't been super pleased with turtles. It, you know, it's just it's just hard, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I like I I I I feel that my personal limitations are what's holding that game back. I don't really think it's the game, but well, I own the pro. I've played your premium. The top half of that game is hard to see. It, it, it's kind of packed. Yeah. From the side ramp up. And the problem is, is the most critical shots are in that top spot and they are blocked. And so that's, I played it again tonight while you were upstairs and getting, and getting ready for us to get recording. And I, I enjoyed it still, but I was having a rough time hitting some shots just because you can't see anything on yeah, that upper it, half. Yeah, the, visually, it, it may be a little more challenging, but I, I think if you had it, you would just kind of know, like I, if I play a game enough, I know where the shots are and I just, you know, it's, you know, so I, I don't know. I, I think that it's uh you just have to learn how to turn. This is one of my issues about trying to move on. Uh, I just, I'm just trying to learn to let go and sell games that, that was my, my first game that I sold that I thought was going to be bolted to the ground was, uh, was Iron Man. And I felt that I sold it because I needed to move on. I needed to play other games and that's kind of the only game I was playing. Well, and COVID's kind of helped that too. Yeah. You know, no, so. I, I think so. And so those are, um, I, I also, uh, I still have a few things to install. Oh, I got my new, um, my subway, uh, for Avengers. So my subway holds up, it's a limited edition. So it, uh, the balls get kind of, uh, stuck in there. So Stern sent me a new one. Thanks Stern. Um, and uh, I will be installing that too. So that will be a lot more fun. And uh, yeah, that's um, so. So that's that's my game room updates. Nice. Yeah, I'm just waiting to see what comes out at the end of the month slash beginning of April, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But I keep getting this itch. I need another pinball machine because yeah. we all get that right. Yeah. And and I'm like, just just hold off. It's March. Everyone knows what March means. So let's just let's just see what's in store for March and the beginning of April. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But, okay. Yeah. So do you want to talk about releases next or do you want to talk about uh, speculations? Let's let's talk about really quick uh let's talk about us ourselves. I I want I I showed up to your house with a newspaper. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh Josh is is infamous, which is more than famous. Um what <laughs> what happened, Josh? So the local newspaper in my town reached out. They've been around for decades. And they wanted to do a human interest piece is what they called it. They'd heard that we'd won the Pinball Industry Awards. Awards, sorry, not win. We received, we were recipients there. Okay. We won the, won the award. And so they asked me to sit down and give them an interview. And I found it funny because you read the article and it's a great, it's, it's a good article. But I'm like, I sat down for like an hour and a half with this lady and I feel like they didn't use much. And like they you like you said, they only sent her, you three questions or something like that. And then I felt bad for like Dennis Creasel because they didn't even reach out to him. <laughs> but it was just funny because like uh, a lot of our friends and colleagues in the hobby was able to give their their take on it. And it, it was an honor. It really was. And it's funny because we've been doing this for how long now? Well, over two years. Yeah. And I haven't heard much in my town about doing the podcast, which I don't do this for recognition in my, in my town. I do it because I really enjoy pinball 
And like I said, from episode one, I want to be part of the conversation. I want to give my take on it and give a positive spin in the in the industry because that's what I felt like we've needed. But it's funny because as soon as the article piece came out in the newspaper, more and more people have been like, aren't you the guy from the newspaper? Like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, people were like, this is terrible of me. But like, I thought everything was online nowadays, but apparently a lot of people still re- receive or read the newspaper in my town. And so I've had a, had a lot of people say, you made the front page of the newspaper. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I, I, front page in Vernal. So we are, tre- we're trending. We're trending. So in, in, in dinosaur land. So that's a tri County area. We got 80,000 people down there, man. We've got a lot of people. No, so. I, it, yeah. In all sincerity, it, it is actually really cool. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, we we got to write up, I and mean, that that that's cool, right? Yeah, definitely an honor. It's uh, what else can you say about it? You know, it's it's pretty cool that other people are starting to take notice well, of the pinball pinball industry, and we're just happen to be a, a part, a stitch in the tapestry that is this hobby. And it's cool that it's not just a story associated with the song "Pinball Wizard," which is usually what happens. Yes, and that's what's funny. It made me chuckle. There was a couple of things like. Roger Sharp and his sons. Like there was no mention of Zach and Josh. Yeah, it just and the kept rest. Re- right. It, it yeah. just it was funny. It's kind of like so. Gilligan's Island, where it's like they name five of them and then they leave out the professor and Marianne. They're like and the rest. Yes. <laughs> it's like there's two people. You couldn't just name both of you. Know, really nice. I was honored to to be a part of that. So that yeah. was cool. No, that that was a lot of fun. So and the other thing that I'm even more honored about, we got a message today from Rick Nagel. And he said, hey, your guys' logo is now in Avengers. Boom. So if you do the LKP like you do with Turtles, the 11, sorry, no, not 11. It's 12 left, one right, 11 left, one right, 16 left, two right. Okay, wait, what, what's that? Okay, so, but okay, first you have to clear it because you have to hold both flippers, uh, both flippers. Yes. You do 12 left, one right, 11 left, one right, 16 left, one right. And then one right to do it one more time. It'll pop up our logo. Yeah. And then I also got another message uh, from Eric. And Eric had said our our code had went live, or our logo had went live with their last update in GNR. So now we're in Turtles, GNR, and Avengers. But who's keeping track? No one's keeping track, right? Uh, well, we are. I mean, come on. That's awesome. <laughs> but it's, it's way cool. Yeah. It's, a, it's a definite uh, honor that that they're willing to put us in these yeah. games. And it's a, it's a big shout out to Stern and uh, and JJP for, uh, well, uh, for being friends of our show. So we, we yeah. appreciate what they do. So let's, I want to end end on the thing we are, that's at the very last of our list. I want that to do that last. So let's, let's hurry and hit March speculation and, and go from there. Okay, so I'm. We're thinking that it's been a while uh, since uh, Stern announced. Uh, well, they announced uh, Led Zeppelin uh, in, in the last. Yeah. So usually when the premiums are coming out, then that means they're getting close to announcing another one. Yep. TPF is usually at the end of March. Mm-hmm. We usually have a couple of companies reveal at that time. Uh, Spooky's getting close to being done with Rick and Morty. It, it's been pretty dang close to 18 months. Um, same with, you know, you said Stern, but they usually do two weeks after mm-hmm. TPF. Um, it's been forever for CGC, so who knows there. Yeah. 
um, is it too soon for American Pinball? It's been a year for Hot Wheels, and they're promising to be on a faster track now. I would anticipate with uh, with American Pinball, I would say in the next two months they'll announce something. Okay. Um, with Stern, I would probably say, uh, I. You know, I I don't think they'll announce this month. I think it'll be end of April. Um, so I think it's we're probably six weeks away just because they still have so much that they're clearing out and they're the demand that I think that they don't need to push it. Um, gotcha. And y- you announce when you need to put something else on the line, but they have a big old line already. Um, and so I think they'll push that a little bit. Uh, Chicago gaming, uh, you know, we know that they release when they're ready and, and they don't need to do much because whatever they're going to release, we've already seen it unless it's going to be an original one, you know? So, um, that's, um, that, that's easy because they can just throw it out there. Like, Oh, I played it. I, I remember that one. Yep. And, and if you're listening, CGC, I still firmly believe and and you guys are the ones that are doing this. You you're obviously know the statistics and stuff like that. I really firmly believe you should be making a remake one year and an original title the next. That is my I think you could be slaying it right now, but you guys you guys have your own business, you know how you're doing it. I, I still firmly believe that would be amazing for the hobby. Well, at some point they they have to, right? There, there's only so many resurrection titles you can do. It's true, but you could you could span out your timeline on your resurrection titles while getting a foothold in the new market. And, that, and that's fair. They, they certainly have shown that they can make a quality play field. Uh, they make uh, quality cabinets, and so they have the manufacturing down. Yep. Now it's the design, which is is a tricky animal in itself. And and what are we hearing from CGC? Is it just Cactus Canyon? Is there is there anything else even on the table? Well, we if you go off what they've originally said, they they've basically thrown out a list of things that are typically unlicensed but are still nostalgic fun games. And so they have thrown out there um, Cactus Canyon. They've thrown out Big Bang Bar. Uh, they've thrown out Theater of Magic. They've thrown out uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights. Um, I would say a few more I would put on the list personally. Yep. Um, I would put Whitewater on the list. Um, Whitewater is a great family game. Um, and uh, they would kill it with a topper. Like whatever they would do on that Whitewater topper would be amazing. Um, yep. Then uh, if if they can get the license and basically we all know that there is a price for everything. Right. And so you could get, um, I know people, I am not a big fan of Adam's family, but I know there are people who are, um, twilight zone. I, I have a twilight zone. It's, it's an okay game. I don't have the same connection that other people have with it. So I think they would uh, definitely do well by doing that one. Um, so I don't know, you could, you could even argue something like Terminator 2. Like I, I know people who would love a mint Terminator 2. 
right, we're getting into licensing issues with some of these. Yeah. But, you know, they they still do like Roth Rills does Terminator games. Mm-hmm. And uh, and really, it's not, you know, with uh, with Adam's family and they were able to make it make it happen for the pinball arcade. So I think you can figure something out. Is What games would you put on that list, Josh? Uh, remake wise, I definitely would like to see a Whitewater. Um, I don't know, Circus Voltaire, Theater of Magic. I think the problem here's here's the problem I have with '90s games though. Now, now that I've gotten used to newer Sterns in my home, right? They're slow. There's well, not only are they slow, but there's not enough code depth there, right? And and a modern player will blow through that code. That they will get it, it's. It's a little bit like um, you can't release, or it's difficult to release, uh, like a Nintendo 1985 game now, yeah. Because you kind of blow through it. Um, I, I actually, I, this is a little tangent, but um, growing up, like Ghosts and Goblins was a crazy game, and it was crazy hard. It was impossible really to beat it, so no one actually did. So you felt like you always were progressing in it. Um, I bought like a remake for the Switch. And I'm, I've played it for maybe like eight hours, just, you know, just an hour here, an hour there. And I'm pretty close to the end. And I don't think I'll play it again. This is more of a, Hey, that was fun. It reminds me of that, but I don't know if I would do it. So it's the same type of thing. If you release a game that's 25 years old. Okay. But, um, unless it has that nostalgic component, and you're not selling to tournament players and uh, tournament players. They, they don't buy monster bash because yeah. they, they will boss monster bash around. Yes. And no monster bash. They'll still play. Cause it's got, it's still, it's still fun, but yeah. it's not the walking dead, but attack from Mars made. That's the one caveat to well, all this. It doesn't have super deep code, but the game is challenging. It's enough. dangerous. It's still yes. dangerous. A lot of those games, though, are, it, it, they're not. If they're dialed in correctly, they're not dangerous. Yeah, and that's the reason why you you don't see a lot of uh, medieval madnesses out there in high level tournaments because, guess what? Keith Elwin can rule the kingdom every, every time. Yep. Well, and I think the other problem too is. Well, this is something we alluded to before. I honestly, if you're going to make these remakes, mm-hmm. I love it because you get a new inbox game, and I would I would rather almost every day buy a new inbox game. What what was an attack for Mars? Even classic edition. Yeah, it was still six thousand. Yeah, yeah, and and that was and, my thought. That's why I bought an attack for Mars remake because yep. I didn't want the headache of maintaining a twenty five year old game. Yep. And same with Medieval Madness, and same with if they do Cactus Canyon. I, I Here's the thing with Cactus Canyon. I think this is why it's lukewarm. There's not a ton of them out there. There's 900 of them. The code isn't complete, so it's hard to base an opinion off of a game that was never really finished in the first place. I think It's an idea. That's basically what it is. It's an idea and rarity. Well, and I think you look at the lineup... You've got Medieval Menace, which is the quirky, but it's the medieval times quirky stuff. Well, it's the Holy Grail. I mean, come on. Yes. Then you have Attack for Mars, which is the quirky alien stuff. 
And you have Monster Bash, which actually uses the monster characters, but it's the quirky monster pinball machine. So you've got Cactus Canyon, which is the quirky cowboy pinball machine. Like you can see the theme going through these machines. And I, th- I don't know if it's just it was overdone by the time we got to Cactus Canyon. I've played it multiple times on my phone because you can get it through the pinball arcade. Well, you can't anymore. But if you do have it downloaded to your phone, you can play it through the pinball arcade if you purchase it before they lost the licensing. And it is a fun game. I mean, it's hard to tell when you're playing it on your phone. It shoots well from what I can tell. Um, I just, I don't know. That's the problem is I, I've played a Cactus Canyon in in person, I think twice. And it's it's hard to base a, an opinion off of that. I've played Led Zeppelin more than I've played Cactus Canyon. Yeah. I think it's a good game. But it comes down to, because back to your point, is if you release a game that's 25 years old, it doesn't keep up with the newer games. But the problem with your analogy is, a lot of times when they re-release older games, it comes out for a fraction of the cost of the new games. I can go on Nintendo right now and I can buy Ghosts and Goblins, like you were talking about. It either comes free with my Nintendo yearly subscription, which is 20 bucks, and then I get a slew of other games, or they just remade Ghosts and Goblins. And if I remember correctly, it is like 15 or $20 to buy. That is a third of a brand new game at 60 bucks. So that's where the hurdle is with, with remakes, in my opinion, is you, you're coming out with a 25-year-old game, but you're still coming out at the same cost as a Stern Pro, as a Stern Premium on these. And so are they in the right price range? Right now they are. I mean, everything else is... COVID has definitely, and it's not just pinball. It's 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 trading cards. It's it's wood. It's it's metal. It's it's everything has everything went through the home, rough. Everything that's home related. Yes. Yes. Comic books. It just everything's went through the roof. It's ridiculous. Uh, so I shouldn't have given away all my comic books like ten years ago. No, you shouldn't have. You should have sold them right now for a premium. Yeah. So that's my spill. That's my spill on the remakes. I love them. CGC, I have bought each one of them except for Meanable Madness. So I guess, sorry, two out of your three. I have loved the quality. I've never had an issue out of the box with either one of them. Yeah. I just, I feel like we need more quicker. I appreciate you guys staying radio silent, like radio silent until you're ready. I, I think, I think that's one thing. Like either people need to not give CGC crap for not talking or they should not give deep root crap for always talking. <laughs> yeah, I, I okay. Everybody knows my feelings on deep root. Um, at, at least, at least when they release, it, it's always a solid option. Yes. And so, like, I, I'm totally fine with with what CGC is doing. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see, and I, I'm certainly looking forward to it because they've never. Um, yeah, yeah, they never, they, they haven't failed us yet. Right. Correct. Yep. And everything is completely solid. So yeah, I, I, I'm always interested to play it. Now I didn't buy monster bash, but my friend has monster bash. And so I can play it when I want it. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens if, 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 uh, the wide speculation is it's cactus Canyon, 
but it, you know, if it's big bang bar, if it's, you know, they're going with the games that command the highest price, right? Yep. So, well, that's everything right now. It seems like, yeah, but I mean, the reason why they went with medieval madness first is because it was $17,000. Yeah. So and you could remake it for 10, still make a profit. And right. It would be and so, deal. and so I, there's a reason why, and it's just, it's, it's dollars and cents why they're choosing the games they have, but you know, it'll be interesting to see eventually if they get back down to, and I know there would be people lined up to buy Indiana Jones, the pinball adventure, even though I don't think it's the best game. I think it's a fun game, but I don't, don't think it's their best one. Yeah. But uh, because you have Indiana Jones, right? Well, and the interesting part to tie this all back together, if you haven't listened to the pinball show to midweek edition, uh, where they interviewed Tom Capera, who was the original designer for Cactus Canyon. One of the statements he had made is that CGC hasn't contacted him. Granted, he might just be saying that, and he's actually been back behind the scenes helping with it, but it, it sounds like... Yeah, that's all speculation. That's that 100% speculation. But I found it interesting that Tom had said that they haven't contacted him. Yeah. So... Yeah, and then the, it'll be the one other. Sure. And I know I don't want to dig. I don't want to really open this door, but you know, one one person we didn't hit in March. Do you think Deep Root is ready? Because Stephen Bowden or Steve Bowden was on Final Round talking about food truck. Do you think it's time that we see food truck from Deep Root? No. Okay. I, we'll I, leave it I, at that. Well, okay. <laughs> they haven't made anything. I mean, yeah, the enough. only thing they've made is empty promises. Um, their biggest, like their big coming out party, is capped at what 160 games. Yes, and Stern does that in a week. Yeah, and so like I, I, I'm sorry, right now they're not even a viable company. Like they're kind of along the same lines as the crazy carnival guys. Yeah, and it's at least those guys made some games. Man, I wish I wish that would have worked. Why haven't we heard from those guys? That should be someone we should be calling Pinball Circus to figure out where the crap is our kingpins. Yeah, I, I does don't know. does no one care? I okay. I I kind of think that's what's happened. Like right now, there was lukewarm reception, so these well, two dudes are like, "No, let's I, not worry about it." I think what happens is you you have to time and strike when it's when it's right. Okay, so. How about we look back in the Wayback Machine and, okay, what about if those games came out in 2012, 2013? So the the run up to that was, you know, this is just Stern, but ACDC, you have X-Men, you have, and bef but before ACDC, you have Transformers, you have Tron, Rolling Stone, Avatar, Iron Man. So... There's some good hits in there, but there's some misses and people are like, yeah, okay. And then you get Metallica, which turned out to be a great game. Then you have Star Trek and then you have Mustang. Then you have Walking Dead. Then you have WrestleMania, the huge hit that was. Uh, then you have uh, Kiss, Game of Thrones. Like you have some of these games that have really grown over time. Like, are you going to, okay, so in the last three years, are you going to spend eight to ten thousand dollars on a kingpin, or would you buy an Iron Maiden? Would you buy a Deadpool? Would you buy a Black Knight? Would you buy an Elvira's House of Horrors? Would you buy a um, Would you buy a Guns and Roses? Like, 
I think that the moment has passed. But I think here's the thing. If, because here was their goal. They were going to make Kingpin and then they were going to use the money that they made from Kingpin to make Pinball Circus. That was like the original goal was to make Pinball Circus because there's only two in the world, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And one's at the Pinball Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. Yeah. And it, it's a gimmick game. You you play you play it once and then you're like, oh, okay, well, I got it through the clown's mouth. And that's the payoff, right? That's the wizard mode. You have hit the wizard mode by getting up four ramps. Yeah, but I think I still think there's a market for that right now. I think how, how if much you did how if much? you did a limited run, you you gotta make it limited. Yeah. But okay, how, how many you, do you, you got, how many do you think would make it profitable? Oh, five hundred. Do you Easily. think you'd sell five hundred of those? Easily. Mm. There, there. I guarantee there's 500 people out there that are like, there's only two in the world right now, and you're telling me I could have one of 500, so there will be 502 in the whole world. But it's, and it's obviously got a rep to it. Same with Kingpin. Kingpin a, is a decently playing game. But you saw how Big Bang Bar did. I think the same thing happens with Kingpin. Joust. Okay. Joust I, I doesn't think... have a ton. You could you could go back and do Joust. Yeah, no, you... no one's gonna buy Joust. I'm sorry. It's it, it's it, okay. It, it's it's one of those things that's limited by supply and not demand. Maybe. I I think you're gonna tap out your demand really fast. I I think it's hard though because right now it's hard to tell you tell what is successful and what's not because. It seems like everything in the pinball, pinball industry is selling like hotcakes. It doesn't matter what it is. Like a year or two ago before COVID, you could go on and almost find any pinball machine for sale. Even if it was at a ridiculous price, you could find it for sale on Pinside. Now it's hard to find any pinball machine for sale on Pinside, used or new. Yeah, and, and that's true. Uh, I think the only thing that has been in stock is Stranger Things, which actually I think would be a decent game. Like I, I think it'd be fine. Like I would, I would take a Stranger Things. So, so that's what. Okay, so tie this all back. That, that's our March speculation. It sounds like we kind of agree. We might be seeing something. Well, we'll definitely see something from Stern because that we're coming up on there. Yeah. Time to reveal something new. Um, we don't know anything about CGC. We would assume it's been over two years since monster bash released yeah so we're getting really close to what and i you know the ones that we mentioned are the likely candidates right i mean it it, this is absolutely all speculation but they're all candidates and then uh spooky is another speculation um Maybe I, I pretty for sure they're close enough that they should be revealing. So that way they will be wrapping up the Rick and Morty's and going directly into their next game. Yeah. Who knows? Um, who else? Who else do we say? Definitely not deeper, I guess. And maybe, maybe American pinball, maybe American pinball. Yeah. Okay. I, I would say the, okay. The predictable options would be Stern CGC American pinball. Okay. Possibly spooky. Um, I come on, deep root. They just need to actually prove they're a real company. So I would take yours, but I would flip it. I would flip American and spooky. I could almost guarantee a spooky, but I would be hesitant on okay. an American. Okay. So all right. So let's. That's the beginning of March. We'll find out here at the end of March. Let's let's give it a little bit over a month. Okay. So. Okay. I'd say six weeks because I think everybody's behind making games. I agree. So. Um, don't let me forget. We need to reveal our winner for 
for the Houdini translate too. Okay, that'd be great. Okay, I want to get into this. I know. Well, we can take some time on this last, this last uh, topic. I definitely want to dig into. It's, it's juicy. It's meaty. All right. Jo- so Josh I- has a take on this, and I actually have a different take. So let's find out. Okay. So I've been sitting here. I've been thinking because we were talking about Zeppelin. I felt like Zeppelin kind of had a lukewarm reception. I mean, people loved it, but it doesn't have the buzz. I feel like Avengers got. I don't feel like it has the buzz. The turtles got. So I started thinking back and I'm wondering if, and I want to know from the audience, like I want you to comment on our post. It's going to be called the winter curse. And the reason I am calling it the winter curse is I feel like when Stern releases a pinball machine anywhere in that November to January area, it is lukewarm at best. And I, I can't, I can't speculate on sales because well, we have you, no you hard speculate. Well, we can speculate, but we have no hard numbers. Okay. Um, but I want to go through this list really quick. I'm going to give you the list, and I think it speak, speaks for itself. Okay. Okay. So 2020s was Zeppelin. It's hard to give a definite if it's 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 a lukewarm. Jury's still out. Jury's still yeah. Out. Jury's still out. Let's let's say that. And then last year's was Stranger Things. That was obviously not received well. And and granted, that was more design than it was theme. 2018, well, nine, Monsters. Nine, yeah, 18, 19, yeah. Sorry, Stranger Things was 19. Monsters, well, it was January 2019, but like I said, this, we're going, we're going by winter, winter release. Yeah, sure. Monsters. Definitely, the artwork was fantastic. Once people started playing it, they said it was too basic, and the game, the gameplay was not where it should be for Modern Stern. The year before that, Guardians of the Galaxy. It is a great game now, and a lot of people revere it as a very fun game. But when it first came out, there was a lot of hate on this game, a lot of hate. Yeah. The year before that, Aerosmith. It is a good game. But when I talk modern Sterns, even let's just talk dad rock pinball machines, I do not feel like Aerosmith deserves the credit it should when you start talking dad rock. Obviously, ACDC is going to come up, Metallica, all those games. We're still going back. This is each year. And the next one is The Vault of Spider-Man. <laughs> and you cannot tell me this thing was received. The artwork was good. Everything else was trash on it. Yeah. Well, actually, okay. I thought the skulls were good. And this is, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. It wasn't received super well. It actually plays pretty well, and okay. people just didn't like the the cart. Well, the funny thing is, they weren't over the top with the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man theme, but they were less impressed with the cartoony Ultimate Spider-Man theme. Yes. Okay, we're still going back. We're almost seven years back now. Okay. Ready for this? Okay. WrestleMania. Ooh. You cannot you cannot yeah. argue with me that this one's fantastic. So I'm calling this okay. the winter curve. That one is this fantastic is... because Raymond has owned five of them. <laughs> okay, but still, I'm calling it the winter curse because I just I just went through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Like I said, we've went back seven years, seven games. I would argue the best one out of that whole list is probably Aerosmith. 
Uh, I'd say Guardians. You think, well, we're sorry, I'm going to go with at the time. Okay. Uh, you mean it, how they were received at release? At release, okay. yes. Okay, that's fair. I just, I feel like there's something, if, if Stern's releasing in the winter, it almost feels like a miss. And I could be entirely wrong. I, I mean, looking at this last, uh, looking at this list fast forward, Stranger Things has obviously before COVID was a thing, it was doing fantastic on location. Guardians has become a very better game. Yeah, I just, I think there's something here. I feel like your your best games are coming out in your your spring, summer, and fall. Um, fall is hit or miss, but I think overall your winter window, if you had to, if you had to go to three titles a year instead of the four, you get rid of the winter title. It's just my saying. Yeah. I, I guess my pushback would be that when you look at a lot of these games, they were released on very basic code. And so if you look at, um, I, I, I don't remember super well when uh, like Metallica and Star Trek came out. So I can't tell about the evolution of that. Um, okay. however, Mustang came out, it was pretty, you know, they, they, the code actually improved. It wasn't a huge seller. Walking dead when it came out was a dog. And you remember people talked about the hick hillbilly, like the horrible yep. callouts. Yep. Uh, WrestleMania, yeah, Dog Kiss was never a big hit. It's kind of grown later, but um, it, it kind of came out with a dud. Um, Ghostbusters art was great, but people hated the code. Obviously, Batman sixty six for multiple reasons came out and was on bare bones code, and people killed it because they said the layout was horrible. It doesn't matter what you do with code; the layout's horrible. And now people like it. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, same thing. The code was so basic. Um, And Deadpool, same thing. They're like, yeah, it's kind of clunky. I don't really get it. Beatles, eh. Monster, like it's it's kind of this interesting thing. I would say the only ones that universally came out and said, oh, wow, that's great. Like when the, you know, from from the start, Iron Maiden. Um, Iron Maiden came out. The code was great, but also, and yes, it's a great game, but Keith was working on this game for four years. And so it kind of came pre-done. Um, uh, and then when Star Wars came out, super complex code. Um, and uh, it's still, it still hasn't uh, warmed up to be like a fan favorite. It, it never really got that second push to make it great, except what people do like the comic version of it. Um, I actually prefer the, uh, the clip art version, but you know, Jurassic Park, again, a Keith game. It came out, the code was pretty much done. Elvira, when it first came out, it was a little Luke, but because Lyman's been working that along the code. So I think what you are seeing more is an evolution on code is making a bigger deal. Now, this will be the first time that led uh, that a winter release has come out with near complete code. Yep. And so I think that's going to be what will be the deciding factor. Um, I, I, I agree with you to a point that it seems to be a little bit of a nader that you're not uh, that it has been a less well-received game 
but I also think the code was never there. And now that they have hired more coders, they're able to spit out the code a lot faster. Um, you know, it's uh, Avengers is already at 1.0 code, right? Yeah. And that uh, came out less than six months ago. And remember how long we used to wait for that stuff? So I'm hoping that that's what it is. Um, but yeah, I, you do have something valid. There is something there. I don't think it's quite as cut and dry, but I, there's something to what you're saying. Yeah, like I said, I just I feel like the hits are not in the winter months. Yeah, and I don't I don't know if Christmas plays into that. I don't know if everyone's feeling broke from like even if you're not of the Christian faith. I mean, a lot of people celebrate some type of gift giving holiday at the in November December. Like November December is like we're ramping down. It's been a crazy year. Let's get it with family. Let's let's have some meals. And so usually people are feeling broke from either traveling or from or gift giving or whatever it may be. I, I, I wonder if that plays into it. Winter blues maybe, just like January and February, people are still kind of like booting up the day and then March comes along and the warm weather comes out and spring fever and I I also think that with Led Zeppelin, you were talking about not having a lot of people talk about it. I think there is something to be said about a slightly older demographic. Yeah. I mean, this is a seventies band. This isn't like an eighties band. Um, And so I think that there's a little bit that you're, you're looking in the 50 and 60 year olds who actually had the possible chance of seeing Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Like there's no chance I would have seen Led Zeppelin. I was born in 74. So unless I went to a concert when I was six, um, and so like, I'm, are they as active in promoting and talking? I mean, there are some really big promoters out there, but I just don't know how much they are going on Pinside uh, or posting about the stuff. So I wonder it, I wonder what, what the sales are like. I, I, I wish we had more numbers, but that's a good question. I I've liked Led Zeppelin so far, the five games. Well, and like well, like we said, jury's still out. Hopefully, Led Zeppelin breaks the the winter curse, is what I'm calling it. And, and I really do. I feel like a lot of these games are either underappreciated or they just never got out of that rut they were stuck in when they first came out. Yeah. So, uh, so reply reply to us and tell us what you think if there's something uh, going on about the winter months and their release. And obviously, there must not be too big of a deal. Because if there was, Stern would just stop releasing in the winter months. Right. Yeah. And so there's there's got to be some validity, like, against my argument. But I just, I, like I said, I feel like if, if I was a designer, I would be straying away from those winter months. And I just got thinking about this. If you look at Keith Elwin's design schedule, uh, Iron Maiden was in the spring. Jurassic Park was in the summer. Avengers was in the fall. His next release, if we go by just guesstimation of of where everything else is released, he may be the next winter release. Uh, you mean next year? Yes. Yeah, maybe. So I, either either December, or January. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. So. So, really quickly, uh, back because one thing we didn't cover with with a possible stern release here the end of the month beginning of next month who's the designer 
let's let's hurry and run back through. Steve Ritchie just did Zeppelin. We had Keith Owen on Avengers. We had Borg on Turtles. Eddie on Stranger Things. See there, okay. It, I I don't know if Gomez is going to be throwing something out there. I mean, he's he's always been the uh, kind of the on call guy. You know, the hey, we need a, a pinch runner, so he throws him in. And that's we all know the story about Deadpool, which turned out to be a, a great success. But I mean, George is running the company, so. Yeah. Is it possible George does one? Eh, maybe. I think it's more likely that we'll see an Eddie design and we'll see what happens. Do you think we end up having a left field in the fact that we have maybe like another, not Dennis Norman, but one of those Kapow titles or something where the designer isn't always a guarantee lineup at Stern, but they were contracted to do a pinball machine? I think there's more uncertainty about this next release than there probably has been with previous releases. Based off the timeline, I would assume it's Eddie. I that that seems right. If Eddie's lined up to do another one, I would say that uh, it makes sense to have Eddie do the next one. Yeah, I'm trying to think. What other designers am I leaving out at Stern? Well, the, I, the big three are the um, would be, you know, Keith's team, and then you have John Borg's team, and then you have Steve Ritchie's team, and they they seem to do well in keeping those teams together. It's not like they're mixing and matching much. Yeah. Um, you, uh, so yeah, I think the, at least the designer is likely either. Uh, yeah. I, I, if I were to bet, I would say it, we're going to see the next Brian 80 game. It has to be. There's no way. Like I said, unless if it's a contract design. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I would say. Because looking back, back over the list, unless if it's a, a re-release, like another Star Wars comic. Yeah, like a vault type thing or yeah. like a home pin. Uh, yeah. I, they've, they have been on record that says they want three cornerstone games, right? Yeah. And so the third cornerstone game is probably around April, right? Yeah, just looking at the, just looking at the track record, it's, it's more than likely got to be Eddie. Because we've had Richie, this is going chronologically, Richie, Elwin, Borg, uh, Eddie, and then Dennis Norman, which would be a contract, and then Elwin. Yeah, and Dennis was, Dennis was in the can for a while. I mean, that was kind of when it was ready. Um, but, you know. but we can see, a cons- I'm seeing very consistent here, because like I said, after Eddie... It went back to Elwin, then Richie, then Borg, then Gomez, mm-hmm. and then I, another Gomez with so I, Beatles and Deadpool. Wow. The only ones that seem to jump a little bit is um, it seems that um, Elwin's on a tear of designing faster because if you have because if you look at Monsters, Borg, Knight, Richie, and then you have Jurassic Park, Elwin, then El- the Elvira's a throwout, right? And then you have Stranger Things, which is Eddie. And then you have Borg. And then if you look at the previous, Richie followed uh, before, but then Richie didn't. And it ended up being Elwin. And so then Richie was after that. And so, you know, I, I'm sure they mix and match a little bit, just depending on some release schedules, because it's not like they, you know, I'm sure they have a few games that are ready and they just need to make sure that uh, it lines up with whatever they want to release. Yeah. 
So that's what I'm, I'm bringing it down to. It's either a Gomez slash contract design or it's an Eddie. Eddie's up to bat. Yeah, I, at least my, at least from the timeline. My bet is Eddie. So cool. Oh, let's let's hurry and do our giveaway. Absolutely. We, let's. You know, the last episode was fun. Uh, the Zencaster that we usually record with decided to update their website, and it was very nice of them because I hadn't a clue until we got into the recording session with jack hager and dave fix and with scott and it was kind of fun to learn because i couldn't get into the recording session once i got in then it kicked me out we couldn't get jack in it was it was crazy and then at the end of everything i was grateful that all your guys's stuff uploaded but mine did not (laughs) and i had to go back through and re-record all my lines which is always oh so fun and it just it was it was just weird I've I ended up contacting Zencaster and they were they were generous enough to tell tell me that that you could still record with their own website. They gave me the old website. That's actually what we're using tonight. But they said that they've made the adjustments and the changes to the new website. So we'll see. We'll we'll see if we keep it on classic or whatnot. It was it was a lot of work. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like I was saying, Dave Fix is generous enough to give away a Houdini Translite. We're going to do that right now. The agreement was is if you went on, commented, shared, liked, we would put you in for the drawing. Uh, we have we have a handful of people. We got we got a decent amount of people entering in for this. So let's hurry and I just let's go up and down the list. Da 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 da. I don't I don't know. Yeah. And landing on Scott Voigt. Voigt? V-O-G-T. So I will give your information. We'll get you in touch with American Pinball. We'll get you your translate. Thanks for entering. And thanks for listening to our episode. So I think that pretty much does it for us tonight. If you remember, please, please message in for... The winter curse on your opinions. Um, you got anything else for us, Scott? Before we give our our outro? No, I think it's great. I mean, certainly. Uh, and you know what? Actually, I do want to know. I want you to tell me what you're playing right now. And of all the games that has really connected with you over the last couple of months, what is the one that you have really gravitated towards? For me, it's been Avengers. Um, but I'm kind of wondering what uh, you guys have been playing because maybe I need to to branch out and try some other things. You need to get on the bandwagon for uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World Pinball. Okay, machine. well that's, that's not available <laughs> right now. So. <laughs> so. No, uh, it's always fun recording with you, Scott. It was—it's been a while since it's just been me and you. It's been kind of interview heavy lately, and uh, you know, but I think it's fun. I, I love being able to have the, the people on, and uh, we're going to talk about different uh, people coming up. But also, if you guys have suggestions of people you want us to talk to, uh, I love talking to the interview people because it it brings a, a different dimension uh, other than Josh and I just talking. However, it's always a lot of fun for us to do it old school and just uh, talk about what we think is going on. And and really, it's it hasn't been it's been a while since we've been able to talk about our own gaming habits. So, go ahead, yeah. Josh, take us out. If you want to get a hold of us, we are Loser Kid Pinball Podcast at gmail.com. We actually respond a little better on Facebook via Messenger. So if you want to contact us, you can either contact Scott at Scott Larson or me at Josh Roop or at Loser Kid Pinball. 
Same with Instagram and Twitter, both at Loser King Pinball as well. If you want to check us out, our main base is soundcloud.com slash Loser King Pinball Podcast. And if you just want to chit chat, we're we're pretty chit chatable, I guess. I we get people reaching out every once in a while. So um but yeah. Thanks thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you guys' likes, your your listens. Uh it's always it's always fun. So Yeah, thanks everybody. Uh we'll see you in about two weeks. See you in two weeks.